Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Hero or Zero here on the Heroes for Hire podcast. My name is Sean Meehan, and joining me this week is no one, in fact. Uh, Connor is away this week, which means you're left with me. For your, uh, sorry, this is the show where we take one comic book character every single week. We talk about their good points, their bad points, and just generally give you a bit of a rundown of everything to do with that character. Now, Connor usually takes DC characters. I usually take Marvel characters. I'm left unsupervised this week. So I'm stretching the limits beyond belief, to be fair, because one of the things that I'm very, very into, is a, a property called Warhammer. Warhammer 40,000, specifically. And, I, like, it's it's not something we would generally talk about on the show. However, there is a tie-in deal between the parent company of Warhammer, Games Workshop, and Marvel Comics. So, technically, I'm allowed to talk about Warhammer on Hero or Zero, and I feel like this might be the only chance I get in the next decade or so. So, we're just going to go ahead with it. And I'm going to give you, everyone, a little bit of a primer on what Warhammer 40,000 is. This is relevant, especially because uh, Henry Cavill, noted king of the nerds, is a big Warhammer player. He's doing a Warhammer TV series with Amazon. So this might be a good jumping on point for when that eventually comes out. So first of all, before we begin, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask that you leave us a five-star review 
on Spotify or whatever podcast platform you're listening on. We are going for 100 five-star reviews or just reviews in general uh, by Christmas time. Um, so if you, if, you, if you did find the time to do that, we would really, really appreciate it. But starting off, I, Warhammer, 40,000 refers to it's the 41st millennium that the actual like main story takes place in but there's a whole lot of backstory that I'm going to breeze through real quickly for you here so the first thing to know is that there's this concept called the warp uh, also known as the immaterium which is where it's where all emotion uh, all souls all energy begins and ends so it's just like think of uh, Stranger Things it's like the upside down it's this world apart from our own that contains all of these extra things, okay? So the warp exists. There's not much going on there at the beginning of the universe because there's no life, there's no souls, there's no emotion, all of that kind of stuff. That stuff slowly starts to develop and there's two major races that are then important. And one of them is called the Necron tier and the other is called the Catan. The Necron tier are basically workers. They are, I suppose, uh, hard done by. They grow up, they're, they're, you know, they're humanoid. They grow up on a planet that is very, very close to their sun in their solar system. So their life is hot and misery and there's a lot of work that they have to do. They also have a very short life expectancy because being close to the sun, they absorb excess amounts of radiation. So they are just riddled with all of the cancers that can possibly be imagined. The Catan, on the other hand, are basically gods. They can, they're technologically advanced. They're healthy. They're well. They have no, in their society, there's no issues really. And so the Necrons here approach the Catan and they're like, hey, how about can we could you help us could you could 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 you give us a little helping hand here so that we don't die at the age of 25 uh, across our whole species and the can are like yeah definitely 100% we can do that uh you sign yourselves over to us as our assistants and we will we'll give you eternal life no need to worry about it it's absolutely fine and so the king of the Necron tier, uh, Sarek is his name. Uh, he signs the whole race over to the Catan. Now, the Catan are not nice, is the whole thing. So what happens to the Necron tier is they go from flesh and blood, living people with minds and souls and dreams and aspirations, but a very short lifespan. And they're... Souls are basically reconstructed into skeleton robot bodies and their minds are condensed and like brought down to a baseline level and put into those robot bodies. So technically the Catan followed through with their promise in that, yeah, the Necrons are going to live forever, but it's not the kind of life they originally imagined. Uh, Now, the Necron, so uh, this is when they start going by the name Necrons uh, instead of Necron Tier. Because uh, at this point, they're just robot bodies. They're an endless horde um, and they're not even really alive anymore, is the whole conceit of it. Um, 
And so the Necron, Necrons, they're like, um, they're pretty annoyed by this, as you can imagine. And so they start a war. They start to rebel against the, the Catan. Um, and they're surprisingly effective because there is a lot of them. And the trade-off with being in kind of a half-life situation in a robot body is that you don't really die. So the Necrons will die in battle and then they'll just reanimate because there's nothing really to kill in there. Once there's some semblance of consciousness that survives, that can just be put into another Necron body and there's no need to worry about it. The Catan, for their part, they're experts basically in moulding genetics. And so they create two races. One of them are called the Crork, and they are a race that loves war. They're very good at tactics, uh, and they're big, strong, angry boys that will just run at you and start hitting things. The other race that they create are called the Eldari. Think they're basically think of the elves in Lord of the Rings, but in space. Um, they are thinkers, philosophers. They have uh, mind powers. They have a thing where the warp that we mentioned earlier, they're able to basically tap into that um, and direct some of its power in the right direction. Because as you can imagine, so at the minute there's this war going on. There's uh, big, massive armies of souls from both sides. There's feelings and emotions like anger and sadness and regret and passion. All of this kind of stuff is happening in the universe. And so the warp is getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. There's more things being put into it all of the time. Um, Some of those emotions at this point start to actually take form and you get the first three gods. Um, So there are gods in the Warhammer universe, but they're basically just very, very strong demons and representations of emotion. The first one is Korn. He is the god of war. He's basically the devil. Uh, Loves a good fight. Loves a scrap. Uh, Blood for the blood god is what's usually said about him. There is Zinch. He is the god of change. Um, So all about like subterfuge and lies and deceit and trickery. That's what Zinch is all about. And then there's Nurgle, who is the god of pestilence and plague. Basically, everything is going to die in the end. Nurgle technically loves life. But the most efficient way to create more life is to have a lot of corpses for maggots to feed on. That's the whole thing with Nurgle. So those are the three gods that are in the warp at the minute. Um, so with the war between the Necrons and the Catan, the Necrons eventually take the upper hand. They imprison the Catan um, because you can't kill a god. You can only imprison it. Um, and then they start using the Catan as weapons and fuel sources, basically. But the Eldari and the Crork that the Catan fabricated out of nothing, they are now very powerful and actual, like, threats in the galaxy. And the Necron have been weakened by the whole war, so they decide to go to sleep. They go into these massive tombs. Necrons are basically like Egyptian skeleton robots. So they go into massive, like, they're called tomb worlds, and they just sleep until everything else in the galaxy has killed itself, and then the Necrons will come back and rule everything. That's their whole plan. Um, And it's at this point, then, that uh, the Crork 
start to devolve into instead of being like tactically genius and very strong they're now just very strong they start going by the name orcs uh who you might have heard of uh and they're just basically mindless war hungry little green men made of fungus um the eldari become basically the big champions in the universe so they start just accelerating in terms of society um science philosophy art music poetry everything that can be improved on is improved upon by the eldari the warp that we've talked about before can be used to travel across space so instead of like going faster than light you can actually like enter the warp at a certain point and then exit at a certain point but the distance is infinite times smaller so you can cross to the other side of the milky way in an hour versus having to go light years and things like that the eldari or eldar as they're also known they have they just made their own way of doing that it's called the webway and basically you get all the benefits of hyperspace travel but you don't have to go through what is now after a millennia long war just a raging like tide of feelings and emotions and death and souls and misery and suffering. So the Eldar are just on top at the minute. And they're on top for so long that it stops becoming enough. So the music doesn't sound as good as possible. It doesn't evoke any emotion anymore. The art doesn't evoke any emotion anymore. The food doesn't satisfy as much as it used to. And so certain subsections of the Eldar start going further and further in their pursuit of satisfaction and pleasure, ultimately. And they get into very very depraved things, to be fair. Like, it's just an excess of emotions. So they get into things like torture and murder and all the other terrible things that everyone in humanity fears the elder just start doing this on the daily basically and they kind of splinter off into a new uh, subset of space elves which is called the dark eldar and the dark eldar are monstrous they just exist to do more and worse and badder things to actually feel something. And this, again, goes on for tens of hundreds of thousands of up to millions of years. And all of the pain and misery, but also associated with the pleasure that the Eldar are feeling, all of that births the fourth chaos god in the warp, which is called Slanesh also called She Who Thirsts, which is the god of pleasure and the god of excess. So any um, excess of emotion, Silnesh gets stronger. And the Eldar, the Eldari, the space elves, were just doing this so much that they birthed a new god into existence. When that new god was born, the most 90% of the Eldar species were actually wiped out because all of their energy was just sucked into creating this new god. Um, the 
proportions that remained are there's a small subset of the Dark Eldar who were in the webway at the time who just now need to keep feeding Slanesh these emotions, otherwise they will die and turn to Slanesh. And then there's also a small subset of Eldar who left when things were getting really crazy. Um, they're called the Craft World Eldar because they just sail around on ships that are essentially like planets, is how big they are. And it's about this time, when all of this is happening, that humanity, like humans, like people from Earth, start to come into their own. So there is an agent in humanity where things are going great, to be fair. It's like it's probably a few years out from ourselves, but the humanity starts expanding across the galaxy, um, starts colonizing other worlds, starts spreading their reach and their influence and starts slowly becoming a new dominant power in the galaxy. Now, at this time, and if you listen to any Weird News episode, you'll be familiar with my feelings on this. Humanity gains a very strong reliance on artificial intelligence, uh, where artificial intelligence, AI for brevity, is one of the main ways that humanity is able to, I suppose, excel in the new universe, that they're able to just keep moving, keep innovating, um, they're able to keep track of things, they're able to make plans, they're able to design new machines, uh, they're able to sort out food deliveries to other worlds. Um, the AI gets so advanced that it's nearly unrecognisable from humans. Then it advances even more and becomes slightly superior to humans, in fact. And then, and this is basically Dune, uh, sorry, I can't say that, Dune, um, the humans rebel against the artificial intelligence. Um, there's a deep distrust of anything that is machine designed. And when this happens, um, and it also coincides with the birth of Selnesh, which caused a load of storms in the warp, which if you remember, is how humanity would use to navigate between space very quickly. Um, a lot of those worlds that had been colonized were then cut off from Earth or Terra, as it's called. Um, so all of the work that was done basically was wound back. Earth becomes this feral Mad Max style hunting ground where there's roving gangs of like, like people with cybernetic limbs and like weird enhancements and stuff like that. And then one figure raises up and he is called the Emperor the Emperor of Humanity. Um, he has been around since basically the start of humanity. So like his, his backstory is never really fully explained because it's one of those kind of stories. But he was, the, as far as we know, was born in like Mesopotamia, like the fucking cradle of civilization, and has witnessed, he's immortal. He is psychically charged. He is extremely powerful this man does not need to eat or sleep or breathe but he just exists alongside humanity for its entire development and it's at this time when earth has fallen it's cut off from the galaxy that he decides to rise up as the actual full-on full-time fully paid leader of humanity and he like within a very short space of time unites all of earth all of terra under his banner 
Um, he creates what's called the Thunder Warriors. They wipe out all of the gangs across the world um, and unite the whole planet as one under his dream of a humanity that just spans a galaxy. Um, and then finally that warp storm clears and then he decides, right, now it's time for the Great Crusade. And he goes around to every planet within the galaxy and conquers it and brings it into his empire. During this, those Thunder Warriors, they were basically regular humans. They were born a regular birth, as all of us are, and were then enhanced uh, by his weird genetic experiments that he does. And so they were the Thunder Warriors. But then what he started doing is he created what was called the Primarch Project. And this was 20 individuals uh, and they were made from his own genetic code. Um, so they were like, if he's God, they're essentially angels is the whole thinking there. And from those 20 Primarchs, 20 angels, he created what is called the Space Marines, which is the main, like Warhammer's a fucking tabletop game. So they're the, the main army, I suppose, in the game. They are superhuman. They are eight feet tall, built for war, like spit acid, unbreakable skin, incredible shots, all all the rest of it. Um, and so these space marines are joined into the Great Crusade and they're sent across over all the worlds, conquering and taking things into the name of the Imperium of Man. This is all going great, but the Primarch who was, like, the, they're all the Emperor's sons, essentially, is what they're called. And the, the, the Emperor's favourite son was a guy named Horus. And Horus was the war master. He was the tactician. He was the lead general across this great crusade. But those chaos gods that were in the warp this entire time, and the more things happened and the more wars that happened and the more crusades that went on, they just got more powerful and more powerful and more powerful. They started whispering to Horus, being like, you could you could do this yourself. You don't need the emperor. Like, he's, his vision is flawed. Like, he wants to conquer humanity. Like, you could grow much more if, if you were in charge. And Horus is like, yeah, yeah, he could. And so Horus basically splits the Space Marine Legions down the middle. So there are those that support the Emperor and there are those that support Horus and who rebel against the Imperium of Man. Um, it's an event called the Horus Heresy. It's probably one of the most documented things in the Warhammer 40,000 universe. And very good book. There's like 60 books. It's probably too much, to be honest with you. But it's a, it, some of them are very, 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 very well written. Um, but what happens basically... Again, we're expediting this so I can fit it under 25 to 30 minutes. But the Horus Heresy happens. Uh, there's a big war, a big civil war among the Emperor and his sons. And Horus is ultimately defeated, but he mortally wounds the Emperor. So the Emperor is dying. The Emperor is put onto a big life support machine, which is called the Golden Throne, um, in the palace on Holy Terra, it's called. And is 
entombed there. Like he basically, he lights what's called the Astronomicon. His spiritual energy exists within the warp and basically lights as a beacon, a big lighthouse to anyone traveling within the warp. Like, hey, here's Terra. Here's home. This will be safe. Um, Now, the emperor wasn't a big fan of gods and religion. He thought that it uh, distracted humanity from what was actually important. But the Horus heresy happened, you can call it, it, that would be Warhammer 30,000. And in the time of Warhammer 40,000, which is 10,000 years later, as I'm sure you can imagine, the emperor has become this, like, deity. Like, he is revered as a god. There are people, psychically sensitive people, are sacrificed to him every day um, to keep his power built within the warp so that he can keep lighting the way home to anyone who might be travelling in it. Um, And that's a lot of where Warhammer 40,000 takes place. It's called the grim, dark future because everything is grim and dark. There's nothing good about it. Things are miserable. There are so many alien species that want to kill you. There are so many semi-human species that want to kill you. Sometimes there are people within your own space marine legion that want to kill you, um, which makes for great fun rolling dice on a table. It also makes for some very good books. Um, some of the Warhammer 40,000 books are actually really, really, really well written. Again, we're going to leave it here because this is just a very high-level overview of everything that goes on with it. If, if anyone out there wants to know more, or if there is any other, um, if anyone knows anything about Warhammer and wants us to talk more about it, do let me know. I love this stuff. I will talk about it all day. Um, but I think think we might leave it there for this week and um, we should be back to normal schedule next week um i am going away to japan in november so i don't know how that's gonna work with recording we're gonna try and batch some stuff out but uh we're not going to i'm not gonna make any promises because I, I i genuinely i don't know what the schedule is at this point but if you did listen this far thank you very much for putting up my nonsense i really do appreciate it um head on over to the patreon if you want to support us over there patreon.com forward slash years for higher podcast link to that is in the description sorry my voice is gone by the way i'm not used to talking for this long by myself um there is a merch store link below as well. Here's for hire.ie forward slash shop. Twitter's at here's for hire pod. The four is the number four. Facebook is Detective Gentleman's Discussion Group. Instagram is here's for hire podcast. And the best way to ever help out the show is to tell one human being that we exist. And I think that's about it, Sean. So I finish on me and, and we will be back to regular programming next Wednesday. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.